0: Welcome back to the program. Let's begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I thank you. I praise you for who you are, for all that you've done for us. And Lord, I ask that you would give us grace and mercy. Give us, um, give us a sense of what your Spirit is doing in our midst. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to, to know your will and to do your will. That's what we want, Lord. And we make this prayer In Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so it's Faith and Family Friday, and one of the big themes that Carrie and I focus on is how do you foster faith in your family? What do you do to help grow faith in your family? And if you've been listening to our program in recent months, and even more in a more focused manner in recent weeks, We've been talking about this prayer group, this gathering of folks who would come together at a house in order to um, experience some time of songs of praise, songs of prayer, and praise, and uh, a time of listening to the Lord, getting a sense of the Lord communicating to us, and then from there having um, some teaching. Um, and so we had our first we had our first meeting. Yay! We had our first meeting on Tuesday night. And it was beautiful. It was powerful. I think We had about 25 people, maybe more than that, 25, 30 people. And even I would say at least that many said, oh, I want to be there, can't be there this Tuesday. So um, we're expecting that uh, the group is going to continue to grow. Um, we've been blessed to be in a home that's not our home, but in a home that can um, easily fit that many folks and, and many more. And uh, anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of walk you through the night, but not not in a way that just is sort of telling you a story about a, a prayer meeting or a prayer group, but drawing upon the different elements of what happened that night and relating them to your life of faith. What happened there, how does that relate to your life of faith? And along the way, I'm also gonna share with you the teaching elements, the things that I did to share. Um, when I was doing some of the teaching in the course of that night as well. So um, a lot to cover, and I'm doing so in a way, again, that's focused on you. It's not focused on me telling a story about what happened on Tuesday, but how does all of that have any relationship to you? And helping you get a sense of, well, what's the Lord doing in your life? What's the Lord doing to stir faith in your family, in your home, among the people that you could gather with. So that's my hope. That's my sincere desire in doing this. At the same time, at a second level, it's also a chance to give a testimony to God's goodness and mercy and to invite folks that if you're in this area and you're interested in uh, coming and being with us next Tuesday night, six thirty to eight thirty. It actually ended at like nine thirty. <laughs> we got started a little bit late. Folks did a lot of fellowshipping and and made their way to the house and um, and we ended, we ended up going a little bit longer. But it was people were free to to leave when they needed to. So, anyways, it was it was a wonderful blessing and it was a great launch. So, let's get started. Uh, I've mentioned before that. Um, we begin these evenings with s- singing. and it's not let's call it like it's not hymn singing when you when you think get out a hymnal and you sing even traditional hymns as as beautiful as they are, um or more contemporary um songs that you would find in a in a hymnal at uh, at mass. These songs are a bit different. They're, um, emphasis is on, um, on the, a, a particular theme in prayer, which is praise, to praise God. And there's something very powerful about that form of prayer. If you read the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it talks about these four fundamental types of prayer. It talks about blessing first in the Catechism, but then it, it really puts the emphasis on praise, thanks, petition, and intercession so in those types of prayer you um, you can categorize what it is you're doing and when the Catechism talks about these four four different types of prayer it, it identifies praise as the highest and and you stop and say well, well why why is praise higher than thanks or petition? or intercession. And by the way, what's the difference between petition and intercession? Petition is asking for yourself. Intercession is asking for others. You're interceding, you're a go between, you're standing between the person or situation in need and the Lord. And and these are all valid, valuable, important ways of praying. We should integrate into our times of prayer those moments when we are interceding for others. And I think it's a very natural one. I think, mean, uh, even though I'm talking about it last, the idea of interceding and bringing before the Lord people in situations who are in great need, absolutely, totally valid and very important. And, and the Lord wants to do that. He wants to bless others through your prayers. Um, we're not going to talk about that tonight. Um, petition. Petition is when you go before the Lord and you ask for something for yourself. So, for instance, in the Catechism, the first petition that um, faithful, the disciples of Jesus, ought to pray is a petition for mercy, a petition for forgiveness. Lord, please forgive me. That's a petition. Um, as well as asking for good things for yourself. Jesus, you know, commands, ask, seek, and knock, right? Right? And you know, and he uses the image of a father's going to give good things to their to their children. So, um, so yes, please spend time in prayer interceding. Yes, please spend time in prayer petitioning, and then Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving is is what you're acknowledging that the source of good things that are happening in your life, or the things that are happening in your life, you come before the Lord. You come before your creator, you come before your father, you come before the blessed Trinity, and you say, Thank you, I'm grateful. I, I acknowledge you as the source of these blessings and good things, and I thank you for them. And I would say that those three forms of prayer, people get those. They, they are, here, I'm going to use a phrase, they're grounded. They're very grounded in your own life experience because you're involved in all of them. You're connected to them all. I'm interceding for people that are connected to my life. I am petitioning for myself. I am grateful for these blessings that somehow are associated with my life or the lives of those that I'm praying for and all those that I love. So all of those things, all of those types of prayer have what in common. I'm involved in them. I there is a reference point in that prayer. That connects to me. Well, what's the fourth type of prayer, right? We had intercession, petition, thanks. And the fourth is praise. And remember, I'm saying that the Catechism of the Catholic Church points to praise and worship, adoration, as the highest form of prayer. And there's a reason why. Who, Where do I show up in praise? I don't. Praise is entirely focused on God. Praise is that form of prayer that has God as the sole object. And there's something very powerful about that. There's something even very liberating about that. We're not thinking about ourselves. We're not looking at ourselves. We're not taking any time and attention on ourselves. Praise is that type of prayer that we Catholics don't do very well. Now, I know some of you that have some theological background in the sacred liturgy and sacramental theology will rightly point out that the highest form of praise and worship that is accessible to us here on earth is the sacred liturgy is the mass and other forms of liturgical prayer because Christ the high priest is engaged in them offering praise and thanks to the father in the most special way in the mass itself so Theologically speaking, yes, it is absolutely correct that the Mass is the highest form of praise and worship, and we, when we go and attend Mass, we participate as part of the assembly, we're participating in the highest form of praise and worship. But when you think about the idea of personal prayer time, taking time in your own personal life of prayer, where the focus is entirely on the Lord— that's something that we Catholics just don't do very well, on a typical basis. Typical. One of the gifts of songs of praise and worship is that it invites the one singing to give themselves over to the song of praise itself. And so, lots of songs of praise and worship have a, a degree of I'm going to say the word intensity, um, There, but there's this sense of being caught up in, wrapped up in, given over to. I like the, those phrases. Because in order to pray that song, to use that song as an act of prayer, there is a way in which you lose yourself. And that is such a gift. And so... In the prayer meeting, and this is what I'm talking about, um, we are introducing Catholics and giving Catholics an opportunity to come together and to sing songs that have this focus, this emphasis on praise. And it becomes a beautiful moment of uh, shedding the concerns of the day, not allowing them to crowd in and grab the attention, not letting them crowd out the reality of, of uh, focusing on God, the reality of, of prayer with a God-centered um, focus. And so uh, it was, it's a beautiful thing to come together with people, and especially when you have people who are gifted to lead worship to lead praise and worship uh, in song. And so that's what happened. And so we, we, I don't know, sang four or five songs. And it was, uh, it was beautifully led by um, uh, two fellows, two people, um, one who was playing the keyboard and accompanied the main singer, and the other one was a singer, and they're both refugees. They both moved over here, one about six months ago, the other one about six weeks ago. And I had known them for years from the gift conferences that we would do at St. Stephen the Martyr in Renton. And so when they both moved here, I said, ah, the Lord has a mission for you. <laughs> so that is an incredible gift of having them um, here. And, and others were able to join in. Were able to join in. And, and Okay, what happens then? So here's my encouragement to you, if you're hearing this. Consider just consider it. Consider incorporating into your personal prayer time songs of praise. And you, I know some of this is, is stylistic, you know, uh, temperament, um, uh, the place of emotion, um, the place of style of music, all of those things certainly can can affect or impact the songs that you might choose. But whatever that is, find your way into songs of praise and worship. And you'll discover, you'll discover the incredible gift of what the Catechism is teaching, that it's, it's this highest form of praise. And honestly, not honestly, and oh, by the way, <laughs> it's, uh, it's beginning to express the reality of on earth as it is in heaven on earth as it is in heaven. Because our principal focus uh, in heaven is praise, praising God. So you get to begin to experience here and now on earth the reality of the life that is to come in heaven. And so uh, I encourage you to, to just find some songs like that, that you can use in your time of praise. Well, one of the fruits of praising God, of Taking time to praise God um, is that it begins to clear away, wash away the burdens and concerns of the day, the worries, the anxieties, the pressures, the stresses, the the situations that, that we're in. Those things just wash away, they melt away. And as a result, we become disposed. We become set up, readied to be in a place where we can be more receptive to communication from the Lord. Now, did you hear that? That sounds pretty cool. You can be together in a room of people and after taking time to praise the living God, you see, we prayed and called upon the Lord, so he's there in our midst and we praise him, we praise the Father through the Son and the Spirit. And then all of a sudden, as a result of that, we're now in a more receptive mode like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to him and what happens i'll tell you in a minute Hey, this is Dr. Tom Caron, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out. DrTomCurran.com. DrTomCurran.com. Okay, back to Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you on this Faith and Family Friday. So I, in the first section, was talking about the, the gift of praise as something that we had a chance to exercise that gift by singing songs of praise at this prayer group last Tuesday. And again, you are welcome to come. If you want to come, you're interested in coming, just reach out to me. You can email me at tom at mycatholicfaith.org. Tom at mycatholicfaith.org. If you can't remember that, you can just you can contact me through my website, drtomcurran.com. If you can remember that, dr dr And there's a very simple click here to connect with Tom. So several easy ways to be in touch with me. Love to have you come. And see, just come and see, see what it's like. And so, um, so here we. Oh, Tuesday night, six thirty to eight thirty. Tuesday night, six thirty to eight thirty, and it's in Mead, so it's a little bit east of Spokane, in the north side of I ninety. Okay, so um, it's kind of it's kind of in the middle between Coeur d'Alene and um, downtown Spokane in terms of distance. So there you go. All right, so we we went from that time of praise to then. Transitioning to more of a quiet time, be still and know that I am God, and speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You remember, right? First Samuel chapter three, the prophet Samuel is receiving communication from God at night when he is in a still position. In that place of stillness, he's more, um, he's more accessible. He's more receptive. He's more available for the Lord to communicate to him and for him to realize that the Lord is communicating with him. And so it's become a, I don't know, kind of a custom in in prayer groups when we want to together be in a place of receptivity to the communication that the Lord wants to make to us, that we say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. We want to be like Samuel, that Eli said to him, oh, it's the Lord speaking to you. So, the next time you hear his voice, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so we did that. And, and when I say that, it's pretty cool to stop and think that the living God, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who maintains, sustains this universe and shepherds it to the end for which he created it, he knows us, sees us, and loves us enough to communicate to us a message that he wants us to know. That's, that is, for us, the right now word the right now word that the Lord has for us about, I don't know, what, what, whatever it is he wants to communicate to us about our lives, about the situation, about the gathering, about whatever. And that form of communication, that form of, sort of hearing from God, it's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I know some of you might be thinking, this is really odd. Are you saying you hear a voice in your head? No, no. I, I, th- I think rarely I'll hear some. I'll have someone say, or be in a a prayer group where someone says, I heard this voice say to me. Most of the times it's this sense of, um, an interior conversation, an interior sense that the Lord is communicating something. Sometimes it's an image, um, like someone, a pot that's being stirred, or sometimes it is, um, a memory of a place someone was that comes back to mind, or a scripture, or a phrase, or, uh, a, a pro, what's called a prophetic communication a, a prophecy not not telling about the future but speaking into the present like my children i, uh, I i'm pleased that you're here i love you and and, and that's a, a prophetic word and i'm i'm not going into the details but this idea should not be as awkward and foreign or strange as it sounds i know some of you might be thinking this sounds kind of strange that the living God of the universe wants to take time out of being God <laughs> and part of his being God and communicate to this small group of folks gathered in this house on a Tuesday night uh, and during a time where we say, speak, Lord. And also he's like, okay, now's my turn. Let me get in on this. And the answer is, you bet. You bet. <laughs> if, if that sounds strange to you, read Okay, this is a hard paragraph to remember. Sorry, that's sarcasm. I'm trying to become more sensitized to the sarcasm that is still alive in me. Kerry has been gently chiding me on the uh, the way that I can attempt to use humor that's a little bit snarky, a little bit sarcastic, and I don't mean it to be harsh. But uh, okay, I repent. Thank you, Lord. If you have a hard time accepting the idea that the Lord is communicating to this group of people at this time in that place, read paragraph number one, paragraph number one in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Paragraph one says that in every time and in every space, at all times, in all places, the Lord speaks to us. He reaches out to us. The Lord is communicating to us. So, uh, in fact, if theologically, if you want, you want the theology of it to be, to exist. I, do you exist? Well, you're only existing. Your existence isn't somehow um, self-sustaining and self-causing. If you exist, it's because you are being addressed by God in love that's the theological way of saying it your very existence is a sign of the personal address that the holy god is making to you in love it's his love that sustains you in being so the idea that he would communicate to you if it's something that is foreign and awkward it's different it doesn't sound very catholic it's it's really because we have not been well catechized or formed into a type of faith expectation, an expectant faith, that the Lord is that intimately involved in our lives. And we're just not used to it. We're just not used to this reality that the the Lord is communicating to us. And that is such a sadness. But it's something that we can overcome. And uh, one other, just simple layer of saying, I'm not convinced yet, is the entire, the entirety of how the the saints in our tradition, the teachings of the church, the the scriptures flowing down through two thousand years of incredible lives and and teachers of of the life of prayer, are. A, can can in some simple ways be stripped down to the idea that as a disciple your call your your way of living as a disciple is based on discerning and obeying or listening and following The basis of the entirety of our life of faith is this idea that the Holy Spirit is prompting you. He has intimate contact with you interiorly, and He is nudging you. He's inclining you. He's prompting you. He is speaking, communicating to you that the Lord, through all of what He has created, is not only present in His power, but He's also communicating to you through what He has created. The events of your day is the place where the Lord is saying, I will be with you always. Always, always, at all times. There's not any moment in your day where the Lord is not with you. When you say the name Jesus, He's present. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, teaching of the Church. So Christ is always with you as you go through your day, in the events of your day. The Holy Spirit is within you, always communicating to you, prompting you at every moment to think, to speak, to do, or to avoid. And the Father is communicating to you through the beauties of his creation all around you. There's no getting away from the communication of, of the living God to your life. And if we don't recognize that the living God is communicating to us at every moment, then we will find it surprising and odd and strange and foreign if we don't get that first reality, that if God is communicating to us at all times and in an every way— then the idea that the Lord would speak to you some specific times in some specific ways will in fact be weird. Did you get that? Uh, The Catechism says it this way. Uh, The call is to pray at all times. And you'll never pray at all times unless you pray sometimes. (laughs) I just love that I love that way of saying it. If you don't take specific times to pray, you won't get the idea that God is calling you to pray at all times. In other words, at all moments, you have this opportunity, this option, this call, this beckoning call to be in communion with the Lord. So when we get together at a, at a prayer group, in a prayer meeting, and we praise and worship, we're clearing away all those blockages. At least that's the goal. And a goal inspired by the Lord, right? The Lord is gracing us. This isn't a manufactured thing, but it's what happens, is that you go from praise and worship to a time of silence, to quiet, and then you're open, you're receptive. And one of the gifts the Lord gives, among the many gifts that He gives, is a greater sensitivity to knowing what it is He's communicating to you. And just like learning a foreign language, just like learning a skill in a sport, just like growing in a capacity, uh, some athletic ability or artistic or music ability, the more you exercise those particular capabilities or giftings in this matter, guess what? The maturing of those gifts and graces will make it more natural and easy, and they'll flow in this idea that You're available to receive communication from the Lord and to know how to speak that to others. Not only does the Lord speak to you and in you, but he wants to speak through you. Wow. That is amazing. And it can begin to, you begin to get it. You begin to see, oh my goodness. If this is what it means to be a Catholic Christian disciple of Jesus Christ, that at any moment, when we are waking up and we're walking through our day, it's the Lord who's knocking on the door of our hearts. It's the Lord who's knocking on the door of the right now moment and saying, I've got something to say to you. I've got something to say in you. I've got something to say through you. That is the beautiful, that is a beautiful fruit of prayer meetings. And so, uh, when I encourage you to come to a prayer meeting, or, or go find one, uh, join a prayer group or find a prayer group where you're at, it's that you'll begin to mature through be, through the experiences you have, and hopefully through the teaching that you get, the capabilities, these fostering, these graces and gifts to begin to mature to hear from God. And, and so that's what we did on Tuesday night. And it was really beautiful. Now, I'm not here to share with you like all of the specific words that came forward, but one of the Beautiful things that happened is that you receive a sign that, uh, a sign of confirmation, a sign confirming that, oh, the Lord does have a message he's bringing to our attention. Because one person shares and then someone else shares and then someone else shares. And all of a sudden you begin to see this beautiful theme being woven together or this like bouquet of flowers begin to emerge. That is this message that the Lord has for us. And it's quite powerful. It's really, it's quite powerful and beautiful, and, and it's such an encouragement. It's such an encouragement when the word that you sense, you bring it forward, you share it, and then someone else shares what it was they sensed, what their best sense that the Lord was saying to them. And it's like, I can't believe it. That, that's like the image that I saw and that's like the scripture that I got, and that was like the image that came to me. And you start seeing this coming together of a beautiful message, a beautiful communication that comes from God. So, uh, if you come next Tuesday night, uh, you'll experience it yourself, you'll come and see, come and check it out. And so, we Again, gathered, had some fellowship, had a time of praise. I encourage you to praise. I encourage you to praise. And then we moved into that praise down to a more quiet time where we were listening and attempting to share what it was we sensed came from God. That's something you can do in your prayer time as well. You can do both of these things in your own personal prayer time. You can listen to songs of praise, whatever particular style or genre of praise music that is fitting for you. Go for that. And then... Um, and then from there, and if you don't know, I mean, just go to a, um, your favorite music platform, Spotify or wherever, and just type in Catholic praise or Christian praise or you know, praise and worship songs, and you'll have all kinds of channels and options to, to choose from. And then in terms of the getting, um, getting to grow in that sense of communication from the Lord to you, that's where journaling for me is so helpful. I have my journal right here right here, right next to me, and uh, when I'm sitting in prayer and quiet, I will write down notes. I'll write down, um, it's almost more like a, um, it's, it's not a, it's not a journal where like the Lord's writing me a letter, but it's a journal where I'm just sensing, here's, here's something that I'm sensing the Lord is communicating to me, and it's often a theme uh, or a scripture or some insight from a scripture that I was reading, um, and I'll write it down, and I'll say, okay, the Lord's saying something to me through this. Lord, what are you saying to me? and and so that's a way for you to experience that um by yourself there's a power though when you do it together in a group there's something very powerful when you come together as a group and do this uh there's a way that faith multiplies faith builds on faith faith stirs other faith um and all of a sudden that sensitivity that um the the reality of the gifting comes forward it comes forward in in ways that are um, um, easier, honestly, than when we're when we're by ourselves and we're sort of carrying the, the load, if you will, by ourselves. So that that's one of the gifts of, of a prayer group, is that you're being able to lean on and, and be encouraged by the faith of others. All right, back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Hey, welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Carn. It's great to be with you today on this Faith and Family Friday. I'm by myself. Carrie is not here. She is busy getting ready for a family reunion. She is the, uh, what do they call that? Um, Cruise director. She's like a cruise director. We're not going on a cruise, but she's like the cruise director. She's got the whole list of activities teams that the family members are being broken up into and all the activities that are going to be happening and all of this sort of stuff it's it's a beautiful it's a gift it's that's one of the gifts that she's been given and uses it for really for in beautiful ways for the good of our family i thank god for that helping to create memories through events well in some ways that was what was happening last tuesday when we had our first prayer meeting and i encourage you i mentioned you're welcome to come to future meetings uh, and, and if you can't make them all, it's totally fine. I'm going to be recording the teachings that I'm giving um, so that those who are unable to be there will also be blessed, hopefully, by the themes that we're um, unfolding, that we are moving forward through. And uh, as this program is uh, moving forward, I, I want to move forward into the the teaching portion. Um, and... and Give you kind of an overview of of where we're headed in these in these meetings that are unfolding over the course of the summer, um, and and I basically follow the 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 dynamic of the life of a disciple. What are the what's the dynamism of the life of a disciple? And I began by um, telling three stories. Uh, I'm going to tell you the three stories, and and the point of doing this. And by the way, this is I'm going to kind of give you a, a peek behind the curtain here. Um, I told the three stories, and I had the people listening that were there with the idea that of these three stories, which are sort of old chestnuts that've been around forever, and you probably will have heard them before, which of the three did you find most relevant to your life or to the life of the church right now? And so I I want folks to be engaged. They don't come out to a prayer meeting simply to sit and listen to someone else. So I wanted them to have a chance to draw from their own experience and to be able to share that in a small group really briefly, really quick sharing. It's like five minutes, go, talk with two other people. And so I I told these three quick stories. I'll tell them to you quickly. And because they're really the three major themes that are going to take up the first several weeks or oh, the next several weeks of the of the prayer meeting. Story number one. Story number one, I, uh, I die. I get to the pearly gates. I get led into heaven, and Jesus greets me and says, let me show you around. And I said, Lord, I love it. This is amazing. And he says, let me take you over here first. And he takes me over to this huge warehouse. It is like the biggest warehouse I'd ever seen in my life. He says, let's go in, go into the warehouse. I'm telling this quickly, by the way. And you see these huge rows, rows, rows after rows of uh, shelving, super high up, super long, and rows of, of shelves. And on these shelves are gifts, beautifully wrapped gifts. And I'm like, man, this is an amazing warehouse of gifts. And Jesus says, go take one. I'm like, yes, heaven's awesome. I just get here and I get to pick out a gift. So I go over to the gift, I just pick one off the shelf, and I notice the gift has a name tag on it. I'm like, whoa, let me take a look. And the name tag says, to Tom, from Jesus. I'm like, oh my goodness, that is amazing Uh, that you know, I got over there and I picked the gift off and it happened to have my name on it, or you made that name appear. Thank you for that. And he said, open it up. And I opened it up and it said, peace in your family. I said, yes, Jesus, I needed peace in my family. Um, at that Thank you for that amazing gift. And I turned to leave. He says, no, 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 go pick another one. So I went further down a row. I reached as high as I could. I took out a gift. I looked at the name tag and sure enough, yes, once again, it says to Tom from Jesus. I open it up and it says, joy in your heart. I said, Jesus, thank you. I needed joy in my heart. When I was alive, this is amazing, you're giving me this gift now. And I look at him, he nods his head, go ahead. And so I go running down the aisle, I reach down low, I grab one off the bottom shelf, I open it up, and it says, healing of the hurtful memories of your childhood. And I'm like, oh, yes, thank you, Jesus. And I come back to him, and I say, Jesus, don't tell me. And he says, yes, all these gifts in this huge warehouse have your name on them they're all for you. And I said, "Jesus, thank you. But please don't take offense, Lord, but I have a question." As helpful as it is to get all these gifts now here that I'm in heaven, why didn't you give them to me when I was on earth? And he said, "You never asked. You never asked." And and then I woke up. It was a, it was a dream. I had a dream where I died and went to heaven. I maybe I didn't say that. So Um, so that was story number one, uh, story number two, story number two is, uh, a father and a son are walking down a path and uh, as they come along the path, they see this big rock that has now settled in the middle of the path and it's going to prevent other people from walking peacefully on the path. And so the father says to the son, son, move the rock off the path, clear away that obstacle for, for, uh, for ourselves and for others. And the son looks at this big rock, and he tries to push it, push it, push it, cannot budge it. And he turns to the father, I can't do it. And the father says to the son, you are not drawing on all the strength at your disposal. And the fa- the son thinks about it a little bit, and then he goes to the other side of the rock, and he tries to push it from behind, he tries to leverage his, uh, his legs and his strength that way, cannot budge it, comes back around, says to his dad, I cannot move this, and I can't do it. And the father said, you are not accessing all the strength at your disposal. The son thinks about it, and he goes and he gets a big stick. He wedges it underneath and tries to leverage it and get it to move, but the stick ends up breaking, and the boy gets frustrated. He goes back to his father one last time and says, Father, I can't do it. I don't have what it takes. And and the father says one last time, Son, you're not accessing all the strength at your disposal. And the son says, What do you mean? And the Father says, you haven't asked me to help. You haven't asked me to help. So, powerful story of us facing life situations where we're not accessing all the strength at our disposal. We're trying to take on the challenges, the trials, the difficulties on our own strength and leaving God on the sidelines. Third story, in this third story, it's about the ascension. In the ascension, Jesus, after 40 days appearing to the disciples and apostles uh, and the mother of God after the resurrection, gathers them together and says, he's going back to heaven, but they are to wait for the coming of the Spirit. And uh, in the story of the ascension, uh, Jesus uh, you know, announces to them once again this great commission that they're going to be his witnesses to the end the ends of the earth. And you hear the story of the angels that are there, but you don't know the rest of the story. And so the rest of the story is Jesus is ascending. He sees the two angels. And the two angels say, Jesus, hold on, hold on, stop. And he says, well, I'm, going, I'm ascending to the Father. What do you need? And he, they said, well, Jesus, we believe that you had come to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we don't see that. We just see a small ragtag group of followers that are here. And Jesus says, I know, I have a plan. And the angels got excited and they're like, great, what's the plan? What's your plan for evangelizing the entire earth? And Jesus looked down and pointed at the apostles and disciples that were there still looking up at the sky. And Jesus says, that's my plan. They're my plan. They're going to be the ones who bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. And the angels looked down at them, at the people, the apostles and disciples, they look at each other, and they look at Jesus, and they say, do you have a plan B? <laughs> do you have a plan B? And Jesus looks back at them and says, there is no plan B. Okay, so there are the three stories, the warehouse of gifts, the moving of the rock, and the, uh, there is no plan B, the story of the ascension. And those three stories, I then had them go off in the, in the prayer group and say, what struck you? Which of these stories struck you as being relevant to your own life or to the life of the church that you see right now? And um, uh, it was interesting, the responses. Uh, There were some that sort of fell in every camp, but I think the one that got the most attention was the second story about the rock and moving it um, and not accessing all the strength at your disposal. I think that in... Um, in this moment in history, as Americans, one of the things that is typical is this sense of do it yourself and don't give up and try harder. And that gets imported into our life of faith where we think that we've got to figure all this stuff out on our own rather than accessing the, the strength and the power of God at our disposal. Uh, I really like the first story. Uh, the first story is that the Lord has this warehouse of gifts that he's waiting to pour into our lives. Just waiting to give to us, and we in fact are uh, missing out. Not because the Lord isn't willing to give, but because we're not asking. We don't ask with expectant faith. We don't ask perseveringly. We don't ask with persistence. Um, we aren't um, accessing not because the Lord isn't willing, but because we are not willing to do our part to um, to correspond to what the Lord is doing in um, pouring out gifts. The third one I think is also very relevant because it's the story of ready or not, we are the ones, we're on stage, we are we are the plan for what God is doing to evangelize in our time. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Sun Insight. It's great to be with you today. So I'm sharing with you insights that I Uh, it's, it's stories that are connected to this prayer meeting that Carrie and I, um, have launched. We launched this prayer group and it's just a, an initiative, a lay initiative, lay led initiative. And it is simply an effort to help, uh, Catholics like us who are desirous for coming together for fellowship and to develop faith, to be able to do that. And so, um, It's something I encourage you to do. It's so hard to grow in faith without the encouragement and support and accountability that others can have. And committing to a group like this is a great way. It's a great tool to help you be intentional about living your faith. So I used those three stories and, um, well, I hope there was something in there for you in those stories. Uh, And then I moved a little bit more into the teaching because uh, this teaching really embodies different elements of these stories. At first, I started with a a simple anecdote of um, the work I've done uh, to help CEOs build businesses, business owners and CEOs or large project managers, uh, program managers in bigger companies um, to grow their teams or to grow their business. And when I would meet with CEOs in particular, I would often meet in a room that has a whiteboard, and I'd write on the whiteboard a question. And that question became a wonderful entry point to the kind of confidential, sounding board-type conversations I would have with them. Um, It was great for breaking open the most important conversations. And the question was, what is at stake? What is at stake? Among all the things that we could talk about right now, What's the most important thing to focus on in this moment? What's at stake? And when you identify what's at stake among all the different issues and what's at stake in those different issues, you quickly come to realize that the more there is at stake in a situation, the more that you have to be willing to put uh, resources, time, attention, effort, into addressing that. Sometimes you have to, like, okay, wait a minute now. Ordinary measures are not going to address what's at stake here. This is not a time for business as usual. This is a time for uh, upping the game, going all in, pushing uh, at a a, a level of generosity and and attention that just was not expected. And so that concept... It was actually very powerful. It was very powerful in, in the coaching work I would do with CEOs. It would get them to think in different ways. Um, but you know where that comes from? It comes from the realm of faith. <laughs> you know what that's called in the realm of faith? It's discernment. It's called discernment. And this is what I was sharing on Tuesday, that uh, the Catholic Church teaches. And this, again, is scriptural. It's from Luke 11. Uh, Jesus talking about, you can see the portents of the sky, but you can't read the signs of the times. Come on. Um, The Lord equips us through his spirit to be able to read the signs of the times and interpret them in the light of the gospel. That's Gaudium et Spes, paragraph two. That's the second Vatican II document on the church in the modern world that if we're going to fulfill our task, we have to discern the signs of the times and interpret them in the light of the gospel if we're going to fulfill our call. And, um, and so I brought that up, and well, what's our call? Well, I referenced a quote from St. John Paul II. He said, I see the dawning of a new missionary age that will be a radiant day bearing an abundant harvest if all churches respond to God's call with generosity and holiness. So this radiant day that John Paul II, Saint John Paul II envisioned, he discerned, was this new missionary age, a new time for mission. But it's only going to come if if we're generous and holy. And and that idea of generosity, being willing to give, it's not business as usual. That's what's at stake. And if we're going to play our part, if there's no plan B but us, then we better be holy. We better be holy. And I quoted Hans Urs von Balthasar at that point as well um, in one of his books on the theology of history. He said this, that the Holy Spirit responds to the burning questions of an age by raising up a saint whose life is a, God's answer to these burning questions. You know, God doesn't answer by a program. God answers by raising up a saint with a mission whose life becomes the answer the very life becomes the answer to these burning questions. And I said, guys, this is, this is our call. We better become saints. We better grow in holiness. And we better be willing to respond with generosity if we're going to fulfill our call. We won't be playing our part if we're not holy. And so this then brings me to these three fundamental themes that are part of being a disciple of Jesus. And there are these three moments in the call to be a disciple. The first moment is the moment of the call itself. And so that moment of vocation where where I'm called. Uh, And then that will lead to a second moment. And that second moment is when we experience the incapacity to fulfill the call. That's that moment of desperation. I'm desperate. I got nothing. I'm poor. I'm powerless. And then that leads to the third moment. And that third moment is empowerment. Where I receive the power, I'm empowered by God to fulfill the call that He has for my life. So I'm called, I'm powerless, I'm empowered. Those three moments. And those are the three moments that are gonna uh, be the points of focus over the next several weeks in these prayer meetings. So if you come next week, and I do hope you come, if not, uh, I will record the teaching, I'll post it somewhere. So for folks that wanna access it, we'll be able to do that. I'm just gonna dig into. They're called to be a disciple and first focus on the call. And what does that mean, that you're, you're called by the Lord? And and there's so much richness there. It's I'm going to go into John Paul II's reality that the person is gift. I'm going to talk about Pope Benedict and this idea that it's the encounter with Christ that really manifests who we are. And in knowing who we are, then we'll know what our call is. Um So those are the things I'll be digging into. If you listen to Sound Insight through the years, these will be themes that are familiar to you, but it'll be great to kind of walk through them together. And then from there, talk about the reality of being brought close to the cross and the blessing it is to experience trials and difficulties and tribulations. The blessing it is to experience trials, difficult, tribulations, and sufferings. The blessing it is. It's more blessed. It's more blessed to undergo difficulties, trials, and sufferings than it is to have a life that is free from those things. Whoa, that is so paradoxical. That is such a sign of contradiction. But that's like the cross. Oh, wait a minute. It is the cross. Oh, yes, that's redemption. That's getting close to Christ. We have to go through death to come to life. Can't skip over Good Friday to get to Easter Sunday. So we're going to dig into that powerlessness, that reality that does that to us, that brings us to that place of powerlessness so that God's power can come through. And that's where we get into the reality of the Holy Spirit, is the power of God given to us so that we, in fact, can respond to God's call. So I did have a chance to explore a little bit with folks the idea that God has given us the power that we need to fulfill the call that is ours. But again, just too few Catholics are aware of the Holy Spirit as the power of God who dwells within us, who will move through us and has granted us and lavish gifts upon us through which he can operate in our lives with a tremendous sense of nearness, intimacy, but also with transformative power to advance the gospel and God's kingdom here on earth, and to begin to explore what does that look like as Catholics, like what how, and what's that? What does that have to do with the charismatic renewal? That's, that these charisms, these are gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that Jesus promised to give at uh, at the Ascension, and that was poured out in Pentecost. And if you take a look at the early Church. You take a look at the Acts of the Apostles, what made all the difference, all the difference was the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came, they couldn't be stopped. Without the Holy Spirit, they were hiding in a room. And so, too many Catholics are hiding in a room because we haven't experienced the event of Pentecost in our life of faith. not a striking thing? We haven't experienced the gift of Pentecost, the event of Pentecost in our own lives of faith. But we have. We have, if we've been confirmed. Confirmation is your personal Pentecost. It's the event of Pentecost touching your life. And the challenge is is that we receive the grace of Pentecost, but we put it on a shelf, we hid it away, and never allowed that gift to be opened. We got the gift of the Spirit, but the gift of the Spirit hasn't got got us. So we're gonna be exploring over the course of the weeks, what does it mean to allow the event of Pentecost to come alive in us in new ways. That's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So that's where this group is headed. We're walking through these different themes that are fundamental themes of discipleship and leading up to uh, a time of vigiling, just like the apostles and disciples in the upper room, vigiling, praying, and waiting for a deeper release of the Spirit already given, but not yet fully yielded to. So that gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I hope you were blessed by that walk through the prayer meeting in a way that was hopefully connected to your life as well. God bless your day.